So next week we have the opportunity to begin a new series, calling it Keeping Up with the Johnses. We're going through 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, and we're going to have a reading plan that begins uh, a week from tomorrow. But if you are one of these extra credit people, like to go the extra mile, here's your assignment. Read through 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. They're not long in one sitting to get a big picture look as we prepare to dive in closely on those awesome letters next week. But that's next week. Today is Baptism Sunday and Pentecost. And again, I don't think anyone's bursted yet, but I think there's been a lot of internal excitement. And, and so uh, we're going to just continue along that way. And to help frame our minds around this, we're going to consider what does it mean to live out our baptism by living in the Spirit. And we're going to go to the story, the account, this, this most amazing event that happened a few thousand years ago, a couple thousand years ago, when Jesus was baptized. So let's go there now. It's Matthew 3, 13 through 4, 1 is what we're going to go to. Hear the true word of the Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, but you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so John consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending down upon him like a dove. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Thank God for the reading of his word. So that's such a beautiful glimpse of the triune God. I can just picture, it's like a cinematic moment, right? Where you see Jesus coming up the water, splashing around, the sun glistening off the water, the heavens part. Some spirit like a dove comes down and the voice of God coming down. And it's beautiful. This public display that God is present, God is at work, and Jesus' public ministry has officially begun. It's almost like an inauguration for his ministry after all. And what does it begin with but an act of total surrender and obedience to the Father? But it also raises a question, and maybe you've thought about it, like, why was Jesus baptized? His word tells us he was perfect. He's without sin. He lives a life of total obedience to the Father, never neglecting his path. And he existed in heaven as fully divine before taking on flesh and also becoming fully human. And we think of baptism, we think, man, we need to be washed clean, made right. It's, it's, it, it's a, this repentance thing is tied to baptism, but Jesus was without sin. Now, John was wondering the same thing. You guys might remember John the Baptist is actually Jesus' cousin, right? Um, though, 
people believe that it's likely they didn't actually grow up knowing, well, Jesus would have known who John was, and John would have known who Jesus was, but not like hanging out all the time because John was in the desert. He was raised in the desert and came up in the desert, but they were second cousins. And so John says, as Jesus comes to him, hey, cousin, uh, I need to be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me? And it even says that John would have prevented Jesus from being baptized. Like, no way. There's no chance. And yet, Jesus insisted. This kind of makes me think it'd be like if the Pope came to me asking me to receive his confession. It's like, no, man, that's not how this works, right? There's a lot of reasons why that's not how it works. (laughs) But that's not how it works for me. Uh, and him. So that's how John felt. He goes, this just doesn't make, this doesn't fit, right? But Jesus sets it right. But he's, look at his answer. This is Jesus's answer that somehow made sense to John. Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Got it. I don't understand that. Did you understand that? Oh, you're smarter than me. I mean, I do now because I looked it up. <laughs> But that's a modern translation, and I still had a hard time understanding, really, what is Jesus actually saying here? And this is what I found. Even though Jesus never sinned, he was still baptized for a few different reasons. The first one, well, is because Jesus says so. That's not an accurate answer. It's kind of like his version of like, hey, why? Because I said so. But, but when it's Jesus— that is a valid answer because what Jesus deems good is very good. And Jesus desired this to happen because he said, let it be so now. He's basically saying, John, it's all right. Don't you worry. There's something bigger and grander going on here. I say it's all right. You don't have to fret. That alone would have been enough for John to relent and say, you got it. But he also went on to talk about fulfilling all righteousness, which tells us it's not just Jesus saying it's okay. It was the will of the Father. We see Jesus is submitting to the will of the Father, and we've seen this throughout his entire life and ministry. You see, God longs for all of his children to receive righteousness. We don't talk a whole lot about righteousness. That's not a word that's in our daily vocab. We're aware of it, but we, you know, we don't use it a lot. Uh, but being righteous, it's in this context, to be free from guilt and sin. It means literally one who is right, who is fully in the right. And so righteousness, it's a full person experience. It's a behavior that includes a heart-deep level of faithful obedience to God. Now, we know God is righteous. That's where we often see that. The righteousness of God. He's righteous through and through. But he also made us to be righteous way back in the garden. But we know what happened with sin and what happens as part of that. We lost our righteousness. We were no longer right. In fact, we were dirty by sin. We lost our righteousness. But Jesus came to make things right between us and God. That's his ministry of reconciliation, which means to make things right, or to put another way, to make our relationship with God righteous. 
Through his perfect life, his love, and his sacrifice on our behalf, Jesus imparts on all who repent and believe in him, not our own righteousness, but his righteousness. If you have faith in Jesus, you've received his righteousness. This is what Paul was getting at in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, when he wrote, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, because the old way was to try and try and try to achieve perfection through these rituals and these others means. It was an impossible feat, but it was an attempt to try and work towards righteousness. But he's saying, I don't count that anymore, because when Jesus came, he changed the script. Paul writes, rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And that's one of the things we celebrate in the waters of baptism, that God has done this for us. We celebrate his unending faithfulness by, by, by us taking a faithful step toward him of our own. That if we believe in him, we have his promise that our old sinful self died when Christ died on that cross. And we receive new life just as Christ raised to new life three days later. This is all represented in the cleansing waters of baptism. Consider the words of Paul from Romans when he wrote this. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer a slave to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. He'll never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus did not need to receive baptism as a sign of Repentance of turning away from the old life. But the other half of repentance is turning to God, turning back to God. He is turning to God the Father here. It was the first of many, many, many steps of faithful obedience in his ministry. And what else? Jesus, he was the way, the truth, the life. He was also showing us the way on how to follow him right here on that path to righteousness. Jesus' baptism is a sign of his wholehearted obedience, and we follow in his footsteps in our own baptism. We have one baptism. It is the same baptism as Jesus's. That is beautiful. You see, for babies and children, the parents and the church are giving that wholehearted, obedient promise 
to raise that child up in the faith. And for adults like our sister Luann, it's a public declaration of God's work in our lives and having a faith in that same God who has been so faithful to us. And today we just bore witness to the incredible work of God in baptism. And just like our sacrament of the Lord's Supper, we're called into a posture of remembrance. You probably heard the phrase before, remember your baptism. Remember your baptism. Anyone here remember their baptism? Few of you do. Love it. And a lot of us are like, well, I mean, I was like four months old. It's a little cloudy remembering it, right? But we're told, remember your baptism. What does it mean to remember your baptism? It means remember God's faithfulness in your life. It means to remember his promises. Remember your new identity. Remember what God has done in your life as he has pursued you. It is to reflect on the goodness of God that is made real in your very life. There's something beautiful in the Catholic tradition where they have holy water sitting out as you come and you go from Mass. And you're invited to take your hand. You may dip it. You can hold it. You can do a sign of a cross if you desire as a sign to remember your baptism. Do you remember your baptism? And even more so than just reflecting and remembering, looking back on God's faithfulness, remembrance in God's kingdom is never passive. It calls us, it propels us to action, to remember our baptism by then living out of our new baptismal identity by living in this power of the Spirit. To take those reminders of God's pursuit of us and to pursue him with everything we have. Before Jesus came to be baptized by John, John was baptizing uh, different people who were coming to him. He had quite a following. He was preparing the way as was prophesied in Isaiah. And this is what John said to his people. I, John, baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And today happens to be the day of Pentecost when we remember that day after Jesus ascended. When God, in Jesus' name, sent his Holy Spirit like a wildfire through all the believers. And it spread and it caught. And that wildfire continues to spread to this day. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, our one true God. The very power of God, the power that conquers graves and brings the dead to life, lives in all who believe. He lives in you. That is our daily gift. Our baptism reminds us of this one-time event with an endless and everlasting blessing. That is, the Spirit of God is with us. Just like Jesus, 
we can live out of our identity by living in the power of the Spirit. Here's a quick cliff note guide to the works of the Spirit. You can just keep this slide up for a while because I don't have any more after this. So just keep it up if they want to write down those citations. The Spirit of God guides us, advocates for us, convicts us when we have gone astray, but also comforts us, guards and protects us. The Spirit will illuminate God's Word to us to make it make sense and make it understand how it applies to us and bring us understanding. The Spirit will bring you peace. It is God's presence made real to us each and every day. You could have nothing in this world, but you still got the Spirit of God with you, and that is more than we ever need. So how do we live by the Spirit? The Spirit's going to do what the Spirit does— But the way God works, the way he's always worked is he's given us a choice. And we can choose to distance ourselves and separate and try and close ourselves off to the work of the Spirit. We've all done this in different ways through our life's journey. But by opening ourselves up, by saying once again, God, I remember my baptism. I remember who you are. I remember what you've done. And I want you to continue to do a work in me. We open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit. He hears that okay, goes, all right, look out and get ready because the Spirit will work in you. We daily remember our baptism by submitting our will to his once again, just like we did on our own baptism day. Isn't that such an amazing gift? The Spirit of God is with you. What a joy, what an honor to have this new identity. I know my identity before I chose God. I thought I liked it okay at the time. No, I don't like that kid now. (laughs) But God had his hand on me and he brought me here and he has doing all he can for all of us to not let us go. Jesus showed us the way to follow the Spirit wherever it might lead. Now for him— Right after his baptism, it was right into the desert to be tempted by the devil. It says the Spirit led him there. But what led him there will carry him through. Something I, I say often, Luann shared with me, has been a potent quote for her, and I hope it is for you as well. If God brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. That's absolutely true. The Spirit was with Jesus in the wilderness. The words of his Father were still ringing in his ear that you're my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit gave him power and comfort and peace to overcome. Jesus showed us the way. And he also paved the way. He makes the path clear and sends his Holy Spirit as a reminder that we are never alone But God is always with us, guiding us forward on that path that Jesus carved out. And in baptism, we are reminded that everything Jesus did, he did for you. That's what we celebrate today. That is what we proclaim today. So may you, this day and all days, remember your baptism. Remember by living in step with the Spirit as he leads, as you pursue God, 
with everything you have because God has never stopped pursuing you. Amen. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit that you, three in one, are, are one triune God, three parts but all one. And that confuses us, Lord, but we know your ways are higher than our ways, that we can't even fathom how you work, but we can look back in our lives and see the ways you have shown up faithfully in our lives time and time again. So we give you thanks today, Lord. We give you thanks for your goodness that is beyond comprehension, for your relentless pursuit of us even though we stray. God, we pray that we might respond to your faithfulness with our own act of obedience and faithfulness today. Reveal within us, Lord, how you long to draw us back to you. Reveal in us the ways that are, we are choosing to stop your very power from working in and through us. And open us up again today. That cleansing water of, your, of our baptism, God. We love you. We worship you. We praise your name. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.